Hello. This is our first episode of Sway Podcast. And if you're wondering, Sway is for So What Are You? Because we always get asked that when we just live our life. I'm Jessica. I'm Christine. I'm Siri. And yeah, we're all mixed. We've all kind of had that experience where people are just curious about our background. So they ask us like, oh, where are you from? What are you? And they try to be sneaky about it, but we know. We know what they're really asking. It's almost like social decorum doesn't really apply to us for some reason. Things that they would ask people normally. They wouldn't ask people. They wouldn't confront people normally like that. I mean, normally you ask someone, what's your name? And for myself and perhaps you too as well, sometimes before even that question, it's, oh, what are you? Right. Yeah. Or sometimes it's just, are you from China? (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just. You're just not from China. Yeah. (laughs) It's just shocking. But yeah, we're just mixed people living our lives. We decided to start a podcast because a lot of people are actually mixed and our experiences aren't really reflected in day-to-day pop culture. And it's it just would be cool to see ourselves reflected in society because there's just so many of us and we all kind of have same, same, but different experiences. So that's kind of the the um, idea behind this podcast just talk about our lives and maybe it's interesting but maybe it's not (laughs) um what should we talk about today i think we should introduce ourselves i love that yes yeah okay i'll go first um i'm jessica i am from california but i was born in Japan, but I'm not Japanese. It's very confusing. And people people are always so shocked. Um, my dad is Jewish. He's from Brooklyn and Philadelphia. And my mom is from Korea, but she also grew up in Philadelphia. So that's how my parents met. But yeah, I feel like I kind of have like a third culture kid thing going on with being born in Japan, but also like a mixed... Thing with my parents being Jewish and Korean so yeah I never really grew up with anyone else being mixed Korean it was always mixed Japanese people so everyone just thought I was Japanese and I kind of thought I was up until middle school that would be really confusing it is confusing how about you Christine <laughs> well I grew up in the same place that you did and um yeah it was mostly a lot of other Asian people and other white people um, and quite a a few mixed people as well. Not the same mix. I feel like it was a lot of East Asian people or mixed East Asian people. And um, so it was like, I feel like there weren't a lot of other Vietnamese people Mm -hmm. um, where we grew up. Most of them are like in San Jose or Orange County. And I had a hard time explaining like, oh, I'm Vietnamese because people, I don't know. It's kind of hard to believe that people didn't really know what that was. Like definitely we had a pho restaurant in town, but it was run by Korean people. And (laughs) 
And it's so weird to like contextualize, like even when we were in like elementary school, right? Like I felt like people were like, oh, you're either Chinese or Japanese. Right. They don't, they didn't know other Asians. Yeah. At that point. Exactly. So it was like weird to explain it kind of like in the context, context of, I don't know, Chinese-ness. It's like, oh, I mean, we share a lot of things with Chinese culture because it was, you know, Vietnam was colonized by China for so long. Yeah. So I feel like it's only very recently that like Vietnamese food has become like super popular. And now everyone seems to have their own instant pot, easy, blah, blah, blah. Bon Appetit makes a video about making pho and Jenny Yang is like, okay, let's, let's make a parody. Do you remember that? I haven't seen it. You should send it to me. No, I, we were talking about it. It was it's really? Really so long ago, but it's like oh. that white chef was like, here's how you make pho. It was oh, from no. Bon Appetit. I hate that. <laughs> I also saw a recipe from the New York Times for a recipe um, for pho, and there's like broccoli in it, and <gasps> no. Broccoli. Anyway, that might be a conversation for another day. Yeah. But totally. yeah, I think it was just a little confusing not knowing other Southeast Asian people like outside of my family, and it felt like fake or like, I don't know, not fake, but always feeling like I had to explain it, and no one really knowing what it was or Mm -hmm. yeah I'm also half Irish and I don't know if that really shapes who I am or not we grew up Catholic and um, I was very pious and quite religious when I was younger but um, other than that I feel like it doesn't I didn't know that I didn't either I had a real fear of God seriously oh okay yeah good Catholic guilt also Anyway, uh, Siri. <laughs> um, what are you all about? What am I about? Well, I grew up in Wisconsin, which is a very white, Midwestern, very cold place. Oh, yeah. I'm um, Thai. My father is Thai. He's a rice farmer from Thailand. My mother is... Uh, Scandinavian and and German from Wisconsin. Yeah, I grew up going to Thailand a lot. My parents um, worked really hard to make sure that we had access to my dad's family and culture, even though it's on like the opposite side of the world. And I think that was a blessing, uh, but also fucked me up pretty good because (laughs) felt very much like I had two places to be for most of my life. And so I think even Mm. as a little kid, I felt very torn and I was always you know feeling that feeling of like oh I should be somewhere else so um I think that has influenced a lot of who I am and yeah I don't know now I live still in the cold midwest um but this is where I met Christine so it can't be all bad true agreed and I met Jessica through Christine which is also wonderful yes and this is where you met your husband also. I did. Yes. 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 And you married us here very recently. Very recently. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's beautiful. So that's us in a nutshell. Just three mixed gals. Okay. I was talking to my friend 
Diane, who is in, she's engaged and she's Korean and her husband-to-be is half Iranian and half white. And they're talking about having kids and they're like, man, we're going to have a really mixed kid. But also both sides of their families are just like, you need to have like a lot of kids, like so many kids. I would love to talk about the ethics of having mixed babies at some point, frankly. No, really. Yeah. No, I, no I'm just saying. Like, Designer children. Yeah. Like we, Daniel and I talk about this all the time. Like we would have the saddest, most post-racial babies <laughs> that there ever were. And the ethics of it, I think, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is not the place for it, but I do think there's a lot to say. I mean, you're newly married. You're going to have everyone asking you in your business, like, oh, you're married. When are you having kids? Not, oh, do you want kids? They're going to say, when? I think we were expecting truly, like, when we posted this announcement of our marriage to have a lot of comments about, oh, your babies would be so cute, you know, like, or your mixed baby, something about mixed babies. And I think it's interesting that, you know, that's not the comments that two monoracial people are going to have necessarily about babies in particular. <gasps> monoracial sounds almost like a slur. <laughs> Those monoracials. <laughs> the monos. That's so funny you say that because I've been rewatching Community because it's my comfort show, except some episodes I don't like. But there's like this one scene where they're trying to get, um, I think they're trying to get Troy and Annie together because they don't like Vaughn. They don't like Annie dating Vaughn, and Troy's black and Annie's white. Um, it's um, Allison Brie and Donald Glover are the actors. And Britta's like, oh, they would have such cute babies. And then Jeff is like, why do you say that? Because he's trying to make her say, like, because they'd be mixed. And she goes, oh, because they're both cute. Because she realizes mm-hmm. that she's being weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of babies are just cute. There are some that are not, I will say. That's okay. Someone someone finds them cute. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I would love to talk about designer babies because it's like a huge thing in like Japan and Korea. I, I don't know so much about China, but I'm guessing it is. But they love to hate on half babies and they also, when they talk about having like a mixed kid, it's always mixed with white. So it's like there's some something hinky going on with it. But the amount, when I lived in Japan, the amount of like weird comments I got were astronomical because they, they liked the idea of mixed people and they use them in all their like ads and like modeling and stuff. But they love to hit you with the, you're not really Japanese. And then when they would, they would find out I'm actually Korean, it would be worse. yeah they'll just be like oh what the fuck (laughs) get out of here or or um one guy when he found out i was half korean and not half japanese like he expected he was like oh he doi which means like disgusting (gasps) (laughs) i didn't even know him weird also also like 21 and like just so confused it's weird that when you're mixed or just generally a person of color in the U.S., like suddenly people don't need to be polite to you or follow social rules that they normally would. They're just like, yeah, I'm going to just say this stupid thing to this person because 
I don't know. They just feel compelled to to share for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, and I would love to talk to some of the other people that were in that mixed group too because I feel like I think this might just be like a SoCal thing because we grew up in LA, Christine, but I feel like when people were like I said before when people were talking about like mixed people it was always like mixed Asian and like mixed with white and then like no one would ever think of like like Afro-Latino people or like like I have a friend who's like half Persian and half Jewish and just like stuff like that so yeah they're like I feel like there's like so many mixed people and they have such I think especially with girls they have such similar experiences like everyone loves to hit you with the oh you're so exotic uh, <laughs> yes let's we'll talk about that for an episode please <laughs> yeah we can unpack that word exotic yeah but yeah I just think there's like such a huge mixed population in general and um I think oftentimes it gets ignored even people who are like mixed like I know a lot of people in like LA too that are like Mexican and white and people either just they're one or the other depending on how they look so there's never like I don't know they just aren't given any like love or spotlighted in any way what were some of your earliest memories uh, when you realized or that you started to think of yourself as mixed oh my god definitely in middle school I never thought of myself being mixed and I think um, I'm not going to say names, but there was like a bunch of Korean girls in middle school and they would love, they just were like, you're not really Korean. Oh my God, you're half Korean. You're so lucky. And I'd be like, oh, like what? Because <laughs> I was like, how did they know? And then they were so, they were like kind of condescending and they loved to like make fun of me for not reading or speaking Korean and I was just always like told that I'm like not a real Korean Mm. and then that's what I knew I was like holy shit (laughs) people are perceiving me and it was just like in elementary school that never happened never thought about it I was just gonna say I feel like that's such a hard time in your life to start understanding that middle school was so bad I know it was so bad It was just such a weird dichotomy, too, of people being, like, I feel bad for a lot of Asians not being represented and, like, and just being discriminated against, like, socially. But I, they would be like, oh, you're so lucky you're mixed. And I was like, what does that mean? And then both white people and Asians would be like, I don't know, you're weird, like. I don't know, white people would be like, you're so Asian and Asians would be like, you're so white. So, and I think that's common. That's like a common mixed experience. Like you don't fit into either box. Too much to be one, too much to be the other. Yeah. Not enough. But sorry, this unearthed another memory actually. (gasps) Oh no. I remember I had a best friend in elementary school when she was also mixed. She was like native Hawaiian, Korean, um, Japanese, um, um, just the like Polynesian also and like white, 
and my mom picked me up from her like grandma's house and she her grandma like called me a slur (laughs) and she wouldn't yeah she like wouldn't make me food because she didn't like that I was mixed and she like gave me a cold can of like spaghetti like spaghetti out of a can and I just remember I was like six years old and I just remember being so confused and my mom never let me go to her house again and my mom just felt so bad for this kid because so she would like come over to our house because she was mixed and her grandma like was like tolerant of her but was just kind of like she was just like a old crotchety racist lady (laughs) and I think that was like I didn't understand that it was like racism at the time but I just remember how my mom reacted and I was like that was weird and also just looking at the spaghetti like what the fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) but yeah funny in hindsight but at the time I mean I just didn't really understand either but it's something that like stands out to me as an adult I'm like whoa that was messed up how about you guys when did you know you were mixed? My mom tells this story, and I don't know if it actually happened because I have no memory of it, but apparently when I was three, my mother is white. She's got blonde hair and blue eyes, and um, I don't look like that. Apparently when I was three years old, I held my I went up to her and I held my arm next to her, and I said, is our blood the same color? <gasps> so apparently as early as three, I was like thinking about the fact that I didn't look like my mother or I wasn't perceived like my mother. Um mm. But I, I think an important, uh, a significant period of time in my life as a kid, we lived in Thailand for almost a year when I was in kindergarten. And so I did kindergarten um, partially in Thailand. And my Thai at that point, and still today, is like, it's not great. I mean, I can understand a lot. My speaking is not fantastic. And in kindergarten, I had to sort of sit like next to the teacher or with the teacher and so the way I was positioned in the classroom, I was kind of between the students who are all Thai, right? And the teacher. And it just felt like, I, you know, I was like physically in a different place from them. Mm. So I remember as a whatever, four or five-year-old, how old are you in kindergarten? Five? Yeah, I mean four. Yeah, five. Um, five? Oh. As like a five-year-old, I remember just feeling othered, uh, feeling like mm-hmm. I was other, you know? And then I did half of the year in Thailand and then half of the year in the States. Oh my God. I feel like it was a really stark contrast and yeah. um, I was a really sensitive kid. So felt it, felt the dichotomy, felt the duality, felt the othering pretty, um, pretty intensely, I think. Hmm. Did you feel the foreshadowing? This is like the foreshadowing of what was to come in your life my sad life no <laughs> in what what was to come it's like that's the opening scene of a movie cinematic yeah yeah well I don't know I mean I think I feel like I've just been thinking about things from this frame for so long um, mm. and you know like Jessica you were talking about you didn't necessarily start thinking about things like that until middle school or that was the moment you started understanding mixedness in a certain way and I yeah. think I, I did from like a, before I can remember <laughs> yeah that's so interesting also Siri has a beautiful book of poetry that really encapsulates the experience so you should buy her book <laughs> shameless plug thank you Jessica. I love that book it's on my bookshelf right now 
Yeah, you have a real copy, right, Jessica? I do, thanks to you. They're in limited supply. Yes. Mmm. Yeah, Jessica, you must be hungry. Yeah, did you, did you eat a meal? I had a really late um, lunch. Also, sometimes I just eat a really big meal and then I just like full for the rest of the day. And this this girl on TikTok gets me. Sorry, I've been on TikTok a lot lately. But she's just like, <laughs> she like comes. It's just like a regular TikTok video. And she's just like, I do something called the snake meal. I eat one big meal. It's 30,000 <laughs> calories. <laughs> the snake meal. So that's my new thing to say to Colin. And we, we were, were like, oh, are we about to have our snake meal? <laughs> you guys are so, so funny. Um, what's your memory, Christine? Mm. I don't know. I think I've always known that I was mixed. Yeah. Uh, but I never really, you know, you kind of like recognize it, you know it, but I don't think I really, really internalized it until relatively recently. And it's always been confusing. And, um, but yeah, I think one of my earliest memories is of my dad driving me to my grandma's house because I couldn't handle preschool every day so every other day one day I went to preschool one day I went to grandma's house sorry for laughing that's funny I I love preschool I don't know what my parents are saying about this like you you couldn't handle preschool but right so every You're other day you. You know? <laughs> oh, damn yeah, so I guess they didn't really have very high expectations of me. <laughs> it's really oh rude. And um, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so I went to Grandma's house every other day, and um, so so my dad would usually drop me off, and it was a long drive from my parents' house to my grandma's house. Yeah, sometimes my dad would stop at Locks of Bagels, and I'd get an Asiago cheese bagel with cream cheese. And he would drive me to grandma's house. And sometimes he would play like Vietnamese language tapes in the car. And, you know, the Foreign Language Institute used to have like language. I think it was an FLI tape or something. And he was trying to learn Vietnamese. And I think he tried to teach me some Vietnamese too. And he was telling me that I just flat out refused to learn from him and I didn't want to learn it from him. And he has his own reasons for that. But I think I didn't want to learn it from him because I thought it was weird. And I was like, no, I'm not. You're my white parent. And that's weird. You're teaching me Vietnamese because you're my white parent, not my Vietnamese parent. And yeah, that was maybe like kind of when I first recognized it. But when I went to school too, I, I remember meeting this girl, Anna, in my first grade class. And I loved Anna. I don't know if you knew Anna from, maybe she didn't go to high school with us, but um, yeah, she was also Vietnamese and maybe also Chinese. And I think that's why I really attached to Anna because she's one of the only people that I knew who was like also Vietnamese. Maybe I'm Chinese too. I don't know. That's for another (laughs) day, (laughs) but you know, she'd invite me to her birthday parties and stuff. And I just love that 
her and my mom would like chit chat in Vietnamese. And I just felt very like, I don't even know how to describe it, but I was just like, oh yeah, that's like, mm, I feel like I belong or something or yeah. And mm. um, yeah, so I definitely recognized like one of my parents was white and one of my parents was not white. But yeah, it's only very recently um, that I've really started to like process like what it means to be mixed. Um, mostly thanks to Siri and also thanks to all the uh, very prevalent racism in the Midwest. So yeah, um, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll Sorry. Do it. Sorry. <laughs> Christine, do you have books called Sad Animal Facts? <laughs> It's probably from Ginevra. I'm just looking at Christine's bookshelf. We've got sad animal facts and sad animal babies. <laughs> oh. um, I'm add, an intellectual. Can you add this to Christine's introduction, please? <laughs> Christine has no introduction right now on the website. It's just all lorem ipsum. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anyone to know anything about me. <laughs> Do your families also think of you as mixed or do you have, do, like, do your parents think of you differently than you think of yourself? Mm. No, I think it's never, I think that's why I never thought about being mixed growing up because I think my situation is also strange because I was born in Japan. Both of my parents aren't Japanese and they like lived there for 10 years because of my dad's job so they both speak Japanese and then I was just like man I'm Jap I'm full Japanese because I was born there because that's how American citizenship works but not for Japanese and so I it has never come up in any conversation in any way and I think my mom used to get really annoyed when people would approach her or like say stuff to her like she doesn't really have Korean friends because people were like terrible to her and terrible to me in a way or just like really weird about because I'm really pale so they would be like wow she's got really really white skin and like kind of like fetishizing almost because East Asians love white pale skin or um oh my god I'm going off on a tangent but yeah I don't think my parents have ever they just think of me as their kid and they've never because like that's something so important too that I feel like I see mixed people talking about more on like social media it's like I'm not half this half that I'm like a whole person and it's not like and yeah like I used to tell people I was like half Korean half Jewish or half white but now I'm just like oh I'm mixed because I feel like that's more like conducive to being like I am like a whole ass person that has this background and not being like cutting myself up at into pieces so yeah so long story short no I don't think my parents think of me as like a little mixed baby they're just like oh that's my kid <laughs> love my baby and that's it we love to hear it yeah because they never like my dad's Jewish and my mom's Buddhist sorry to keep going uh, I, you thought I was done but I'm not <laughs> <laughs> But, like, my parents never had me go to, like, 
any religious thing or like they never forced me to learn a language even though I wish they did because I would have loved to have been like trilingual but yeah they were just like oh you're just a kid though we weren't gonna make you do all these things if you didn't want to or like force you to do it just because and I was like oh interesting because I feel like that was like Koreans people's biggest gripe with me they're like how come your mom didn't make you go to korean school and i'm like i don't know and yeah the end how about you guys um well i think in recent years i've just started learning words to use to describe more how i feel and how i identify and so i think um the term mixed really resonates with me too, like you were saying, Jessica, because it kind of embodies an experience that is a lot of different things. Um, so I also used to introduce myself as like half Thai, half white. And now I'll usually say like, my dad is Thai and my mom is white, you know, but I think mixed that identity of being other is often, you know, like seen negatively and maybe it is negative, but I feel like that most describes how I feel like I I think I'm more neither than both um because Mm. I don't feel like I am like a a white midwestern Wisconsin girl yeah (laughs) and I don't feel like I'm you know I don't feel like I can even claim being Thai either because I've been there I mean I have been there a lot but I've never um I mean you know you can list all these things that you require of yourself to be called something um, or to be able to claim it. Anyway, so that's my way of saying I feel more often than not neither than both. And so I think mixed encapsulates that better. But I don't think my family saw it like that for a long time. Um, And when I started talking about it like that, there was, I mean, we went through, it was a whole thing. (laughs) There's a lot of processing that needed to happen, I think, for a lot of us. Um, and my parents very much, like you were saying also, I think just saw me as their daughter, um, and kind of as an extension of themselves. And so I don't think that the term that I wanted to use to describe myself, which felt accurate was accepted or really understood right away. We're, we're there now. It's fine, but it took some learning and it took a lot of processing. Uh, but yeah, I think. I think it's hard, um, especially when things like that, you know, like, and even mixed versus mixed race, mm-hmm. <laughs> like people, I feel like people who aren't mixed don't even necessarily know the significance of the difference of those terms and what it means to use them in different contexts. Um, but mm-hmm. obviously, you know, each mixed person is different. And Totally. I feel like appearance also has a lot to do with it because it's just like how people process things and just like humans are just their brains want to categorize things and I feel like maybe now that we're talking about it I feel like a few times when I was a kid my mom would just feel like a little sad that I didn't look like people would always be like that's your daughter kind of because I looked not that I look so white because I don't think I do but I just really favor my dad's coloring so I have like auburn hair freckles and like hazel green eyes and people would always kind of like question my mom 
sometimes and that would hurt her feelings but yeah I feel like growing up in LA there's lo- there was a lot of mixed people so I wasn't like questioned as much but I feel like for you Siri your your surroundings were very different so it was a very different experience I hate hearing about parents who don't look like their kids and they're accused of being like the nanny or mm-hmm. oh, whatever it's just like, kidnappers oh, kidnapper, yeah yeah something that I really like about meeting people's families is I feel like it's hard to know someone without like the context kind of or yeah seeing someone in isolation versus kind of um seeing them in their uh, natural habitat, I guess. I mean, not everyone's natural habitat is their family, but I, I do feel like it helps me contextualizing this a little bit. And um, it's kind of fun to see like, oh, my friend got this little quirk from their mom and um, they got this other quirk from, from the other parent and and their nose from this parent and their eyes from this parent. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool because like, yes, maybe they don't, really look like their parents in one respect but on the other hand they really do like I saw a picture of your parents when they were young and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) you look so much like their your parents like when they were young and both of them yeah both Mm -hmm. of them and I don't know I thought that was kind of cool just like placing everything Mm -hmm. and I think maybe at first glance um, when people look at a mixed person, they kind of just look at the dominant features and then categorize them that way. But I think it's just mm-hmm. so fun to, to see both. Um, I guess when I say both sides, it kind of makes it seem like a dichotomy when it really it's not a dichotomy. But um, yeah, it's just kind of nice to see see where everything kind of came from. And and how that makes a whole person. And I don't know. I think that's neat. That's a good point, though. I think sometimes people allow their conceptions of race to, like, overshadow even just physical similarity. Like, I look like my mother. Like, our face shape is similar. If we're standing next to each other, you could probably tell that we're related, but I think some people wouldn't because we have different hair and eyes and skin, you know, and so people mm-hmm. be like, oh, well, she's white and she's not. So she clearly could not, they couldn't be related. We've definitely had people in airports, you know, like when my brother and I were traveling with my mom as young kids come up to us and say like, are you, are these your children, ma'am? <laughs> we hate to see it. We hate to see it. And doctors even are like, can you prove that you're blood relatives? I had that happen. Ew. Yeah. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. You're totally right. Your face shape for sure mm-hmm. is. Your mom. I also got her strong, strong calves. <laughs> Ooh. You can't see those though, hopefully. But I'm definitely her daughter. <laughs> Do you see these bad boys? Just them out. <laughs> there you go, TSA. I'm sorry, but it is to the point where you, Christine, will text me, ah, oh, I saw my own calf in a photo the other day, and I thought of you. <laughs> it's not because I think your calves are ginormous it's because you think your calves are ginormous and 
I know my cows are ginormous, oh and I feel like we have that sentiment in common, even though your cows are perfect. They get in the way. Just like you. I'm sorry, we don't have to talk about this. <laughs> Wait, why are they called calves? Mm, because they're so big. They're like baby cows. <laughs> and they're so tender. Wait, now I need to look it up. I need to look it up. Calves. <laughs> they're tender and big. Yes. <laughs> That's, that's making me hungry. <laughs> I need my snake meal. <laughs> from Middle English, calf, calf. From Old Norse, kalfi. Um, yeah. Cognate with Icelandic kalfi. Calf of the leg. Calf and calf of the leg are documented in use. Okay, I guess it is from cow. Interesting. How did the calf muscles get their name? Call me a etymologist, <laughs> not to be confused with an entomologist. <laughs> Dr. Reverend Etymologist. <laughs> the muscle is named via Latin from Greek gaster or stomach. Kneme, neme? I can't, I don't know how to read Greek, oh, uh, meaning stomach of the leg. <laughs> No, no. It does look kind of like a tummy, huh? <laughs> Referring to the bulging shape of the calf. <laughs> I love that. The tummy of the leg. <laughs> um, I just want to say that I... One thing that I really um, admire about my ancestors is they put up with so much shit and both like the Vietnamese side and the Irish side. And um, I feel like not them, I don't know, I don't know who they were as individuals, but just as individual nations, I appreciate like their um, resilience. Yeah, the resilience and, and everything that it went into like self-determination of those two countries. And yeah, um, yeah, it's amazing that we exists because of like globalization for lack of a better word but yeah I can't imagine how difficult it was for our ancestors to get to this point because my 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 mom's Korean and my dad's Jewish and literally both sides got like genocided a lot <laughs> so I'm just like wow I exist that's pretty cool yeah so yeah sometimes I think about that well, it was lovely talking to you guys. I guess that can conclude our inaugural episode. <laughs> My geometry teacher in high school would always say, thanks for stopping in. No. <laughs> He's from Wisconsin. Have a good night, everyone. Can we end every episode with just that sound <laughs>